This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. y'all what's going on this is maples we are back temple of hoop reboot episode we here we got a special guest coming on i want y'all to uh, you know show love to my man clint parks the timeline terrorist <laughs> what's up going on clint man nothing much nothing much appreciate you having me on maples no it's all good man thank you for, for being part of the reboot uh before we get started you know uh i see you catch a lot of flack on the on the timeline about you know <laughs> different takes you have about the game and whatnot, but uh, and some of the, the pushback you get gets kind of out of bounds with me. So I do want you to uh, talk about well, – but you do have a voice in this game as basketball goes as far as training and knowing guys at every different level and helping guys out get better. So talk about your uh, your Clint Sparks uh, Training Academy and, and what you do with that, you know, helping guys with the game of basketball. So I basically I started um, – started an AAU program with a really good friend of mine, Marvin Lee, in 2006. We um we co-founded Team Elite at a Riverside, and from there it's kind of just I mean everything's evolved. Um, always wanted to be in basketball. Um, just tried to find my lane, and through the AAU program, where we had guys like Kawhi Leonard and Tony Snell, and the training part is kind of just you know you you have a program. So when you're not a shoe team and you're an under the radar program, Damn. you got to find <laughs> players and you got to and you got to develop them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have that shoe that shoe company behind you. You're not going to get the top 15 player in the country. If you want the top 15 player in the country, you got to develop that player and you got to right. work with them. And so that was kind of – that's always kind of been the model and the mindset. Like, um, go out and find talent, find guys who have, who have something there, and then try to take them to that next level. And so that's kind of been my whole thing. Um, I went back to school, um, graduated a couple years ago from University of Wyoming. I had nice. a kid that was playing point guard there, Jeremy Lieberman. And so I got to be around. We had my first year there. We had um, Larry Nance. We went to the tournament, won the Mountain West Conference Championship, Josh Adams, Derek Cook. We had a, we had a bunch of talented players. And I was around coaches like Larry Shiat, who's with the Mavs now, Scott Duncan, who was an assistant coach with the Suns as, as recent as last year. So always around talent, coaches who've been in the game forever. So I kind of was able to learn from them and – it helped mold my style even more as far as training goes, because as you know, as a, as a college coach, like there's a difference between training and then, you know, like, are you training to help the player fit the system right, and be able exactly. to help you win? You exactly. know what I'm saying? You're a coach, you work with guys and you train guys. So, you know, like, yeah, your trainer teaching you to be good one on five. Like we're not playing one on five here. 
Like he needs to be working with things that are going to help you in a five on five setting to help us win basketball games. That's what I think. I think the best trainers, they, uh, they look about, they think about what skills are going to translate to the game, not just, you know, skills off YouTube. So I definitely figured that that's a great point. Um, so how long you been training? You've been training how long you know? You've been training, yeah, I've been training since 2006. That's 14 years now. 14 I don't even years in the game. Look, look, look up. You know what I'm saying? I started when I was 19. Right when I okay. graduated high school, I was already thinking ahead. Like, knew I wasn't going pro. So I was like, I still want to be in basketball. So I got to do something. So how do I set myself up? You got to be honest with yourself. Right. That's the same thing with me. You know, I played Division II basketball. I realized that, you know, I could have chased the overseas thing. Or I could have, you know, went to coaching, went to coaching and training. And, uh, you know, I kind of found like a, a little pocket for myself in this game, you know, trying to trying to help players, you know, better their situation. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Find, we yeah. all we all have an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? It's just finding your lane and finding what works for you. Right. You know? All right. I just wanted to get that out there, man, because, you know, as a, somebody who's involved with the game and knows that you're involved with the game, just some of the, some of the vitriol that comes your way for you making just basketball opinions. It just comes out of bounds for a guy who, like me, who knows that you put in the work and that, you know, you do have a reputation for helping guys get better. So some of the pushback, it's a little bit, you know, some of it's, some of it's funny. It's just good back and forth, but a lot of it is just comes off as kind of sideways and then going like, kind of out of bounds. No, it is. It is for sure. And I think um, sometimes I just laugh at it, man. It's just basketball. You know what I'm saying? I think for me, even more with everything going on in the world right now, it's like, you you can't possibly look on turn the news on and be that worried about somebody having a, a basketball opinion that you may not agree with or you may not like. You know, and the other thing that isn't like for me, it's like I've known I've known a lot of these kids that I've been working with that, that I go hard for. I've known them before they got to the NBA. Yeah, so it's deeper than basketball you know? for you. So you know what I'm saying? So I've been around them, I've watched them evolve, you know, so it doesn't really like outside of Ben McLemore, who I just started working with a couple of years ago when he was almost out the league, like all the guys I'm talking about constantly, like I was doing this when they were at school, when they were in college, when they were some of them were in high school. So it's Here's not new. Y'all, it's, it's deeper than rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the platform is different now because right. of the level that they've reached. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like when Kawhi was in high school, it was the same thing. But it was just, oh, no one thought he was going to be this good. So yeah. it wasn't a big deal. You know how it goes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now just the platform was bigger. So yeah. speaking of speaking of that platform, man. So I'm 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 chilling, you know, got the TV on in the background. Dude, you are on uh <laughs> on ESPN talking about your tweets and Instagram posts. What was that like having your just be <laughs> having your I mean, tweet? it was for me it was like I think at first it was funny and then you think about it like to be honest, like the situation that it put coups in being being a teammate of LeBron, you know, like right. obviously, so there was obviously people, some people felt some type of way because it was like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't speak out of turn because you work with him. But at the same time, I was watching, for me, I was thinking of it just watching the basketball game and speaking on something, someone I've known since he was 14 years old. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was just giving a basketball and I'm not, I, I work for myself. Yeah, you know, like I'm not, in, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on salary with no player. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm independent. Yeah. So I speak for myself. I don't speak for nobody else. And yeah. I always make that clear. Like, and no one controls at the same time. Like there's no corporation. There's no, there's nobody above me and what I do. So no, there's nobody controlling me or telling me what to say or what not to say. 
either, right? So that was my, my about this as a Laker fan. I'm telling you, my only is my that was my thinking back in my head too was um, how was it gonna make Kuz? Because I know you and Kuz have a have a connection. So how was that yeah. gonna affect him as far as being in the locker room with a guy that you? Like, to me, it wasn't serious. It was playful banter because I think nobody in their right mind would say LeBron don't work on his game. But when you say in the lab, I take it as barbershop banter. But you know how it is on the on the Twitterverse and the internet. It gets yeah. twisted into saying, "Oh, he said LeBron don't work on his game." So it was like. Yeah, everybody everybody just gets sensitive. Like it wasn't like you didn't see Kawhi come to the media when everybody said he was faking the injury. Right. And yeah. that he was he he, he <laughs> was shut down on his team and he quit on his team. Yeah, that's true. You know, like you yeah. didn't see you, you didn't see that happen then. Like he went through that a whole year or all the whole best like a lot of the basketball world sided with the Spurs, like and the team saying like he gave up on his team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. it just comes with the game. It comes with the territory. Is my 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 biggest thing. As long as you don't get personal. Yeah, that's that's the same thing. I think, uh, like I said, that's the that's where, again where it got me. It got a little personal. I think when people people translated you saying LeBron don't be in the lab as far as like they, they took that as a personal shot. He doesn't work on his craft. Well, I think mm-hmm. of people who understand basketball. Or take a server, like, okay, he's just, it's like barbershop yeah, banter. Yeah, he's just going my, back my, and forth. Yeah, my guy's better than your guy, right? That's where I, yeah, that's how I, I took it. Yeah. That's it. That's all nothing I more, nothing less. And never, they try to twist it into, like I tell people all the time, never said that he's not a great example um, for the for the, for the the black community, for right. the youth, and what he's doing for the, um with his, with his school. I've never, ever questioned any of that. Like, all of that is big time. You know, right. but when we sit between these lines, we're talking basketball. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't pick and choose. Like, everyone can't pick and choose when it's just basketball and then when it's more than basketball. You got to compartmentalize. You got to decide which is which. Yeah, because obviously during everything that's going on, they're coming back to play basketball. Right, right. And that's a good segue. Speaking of that, so let's talk about this bubble. So the the, the talk primarily, like, the, the big thing is everybody, people have given their different stances. Uh, is it an asterisk? Is it a bigger championship? Is it a lesser championship? To me, my 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 view is it's just another championship. Is it the circumstances are different, but I wouldn't rate it any higher or any lower than any other championship. So explain how you feel about that as far as what, what a championship in the bubble would look like for anybody who wins it. Um, it's just a championship to me. It's that simple. Like they're all coming together. You know what I'm saying? Like it's what what you're going through, what everyone's going through, like teams are um having to leave their families. You know, so obviously there's sacrifice on both ends, but there's, I mean, if it wasn't a chance, if these guys didn't view it as a championship, they wouldn't be leaving for three months, leaving their families at home during this time. Um, right. Guys are focused on one thing. It's, 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 there's a lot of different a- obstacles that, you know, everybody in the NBA, coaches included, players, front office, everyone had to overcome this year. And so, you know, whoever comes out on top, you know, the asterisk, okay, you're going to put an asterisk, you going in the middle. They want a championship in a pandemic, and, and in the middle, <laughs> right. in, in, in the middle of all this social um, injustice, you know. So yeah. that's a um, that's that's gonna be remembered forever. Like no one's gonna, no one in our lifetime is gonna forget this season. Yeah. So where were you on as far as as far as the um, the coming back and as far as it being a, a quote unquote distraction to, you know, any any momentum as far as like the a movement for social justice for for black people. Where think- were you? The pandemic part, mostly I was like, I don't think it's going to – I was like, man, I don't know how they're going to bring this season back. And okay. then, then then when the George Floyd situation hit, I was like, okay, 
Like, I've seen both sides, but at the same time, as someone who, you know, basketball um, provides my living for me, um, I see you're, you're asking players to just walk away from, from getting paid, from paychecks, <laughs> from their livelihood. You know what I'm saying? And so everybody's not making – like, you had players make good points. Everybody's not set for life already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're telling people walk away from their jobs, but you have people out here that are still filing for unemployment. Yeah. You know, like this is their job. So they're living, they have bills too. And their bills are different than your normal, I guess you'd say your normal person. Yeah. Some guys like, take care of whole families off the NBA. Yeah. Team. yeah. We know how that goes. Yeah. Like the whole family, not just like the whole, whole family. So yeah. it's like. Third, third dang, cousin twice removed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you're telling somebody don't work, don't create a living for themselves. Like this is how they take care of themselves. Like, nah, I mean, I hear it, you know. But it's like mm, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100. My 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 only thing was the NBA trying to paint it as, you know, itself as the Martin Luther King. That's always been a turnoff to me. Like we understand <laughs> that you have a league to run and you have money to make. Like just ex- accept that for what it is. Say we need to keep yep. the league liable, so let's run the league. But this like we need to use this platform and do this and that. Like come on, man. Like you don't have to lie to your consumer like that. Like we like basketball. No. <laughs> we understand you got to yeah. have a league to run. But the Martin Luther King Act just had to stop for me. It was like, come on. And that was like coming off as irritating when Adam Silver gets on TV and says, you know, we can just take this moment and just drive a big and be a huge driving force for change. I'm like, all right, man. No, nah, I was never buying that. I was never buying that from the beginning. I was like, it's yeah. just basketball. Okay, I was yeah, on the same exactly, page as okay. you. It's just basketball. Like, this, you guys coming back to play basketball isn't going to change what the police are doing to black people. <laughs> okay, thank you. As long as we, it's as not, long as we there. You know, like it's not that's not like the basketball game's not gonna change that. And so like they were and like I always said, like they wanna show me that they're serious about this, then then bring bring Mahmoud Abdul Ralph and, and right. have a serious conversation with him. Right. And then you gonna really show that where you really stand on all of this. Until yeah. then a lot of it is just the statements on the back of the jersey, the black lives matter on the court. Like why all this gotta happen? See, everybody wanna they wanna all do all this because everything that's going on, why we didn't get this before. <laughs> right. Right. It's, just, it's, it's placating, right? Just try to like, yeah. we're going to try to pacify you with this. Yeah. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. So that being said, just filtering back to, you know, transitioning back to basketball here. So obviously your championship pick is the Clippers, right? That's what you yeah. got winning the chip. Yeah. yeah. I think the oh. Clippers is going to get it done. Okay. So you was, I'm, I'm assuming like I'm good faith. Like I, I think the Clippers and Lakers are going to play in the Western Conference Finals, okay? That's that's my – Yep. Um, tell me why the Clippers are – you pick the Clippers to win, and I'll, I'll, I'll respond with why I think the Lakers are going to win. I'm going with the best player in the world. <laughs> and the defending champion. And the, the, the reigning finals MVP. Okay. Like, I think See. he's the best player in the world. I think he's the most well-rounded. If you talk about playing both sides of the ball – which I don't know why basketball people tend to act like this is football where you only get judged <laughs> on one side of the floor. Like, you got to play both sides of the ball. We know that. And nobody nobody impacts the game like him on both ends of the court. Nobody does. Okay, well, that's – my thing was, you know, and I'm with you on that. My thing was I thought Kawhi, after the last season, he's the best player. There's, there's really no way to dispute it, you know. Um, the Lakers went what they went through between injuries and just not getting it done with turmoil in the front office, so whatever. But when that happened, Kawhi, 
I think he had one of the top five scoring Eastern Conference playoff runs in NBA history. Hit the shot in game seven, finals MVP. I'm like, at that point, it's his crown right now, right? So that being said, I will have to say, like, this regular season, I will say Giannis and LeBron probably played better, right? But I'm big on playoff basketball, so it's Kawhi still number one to me because he's the playoff, he's the playoff king right now. So with that being said, a reason I picked the Lakers is I think Kawhi and LeBron are going to cancel each other out. Like, they're, off, they're both going to play great. Like, no one's not, it's going to be very, like, splitting hairs. Um, with my, my worry for you is you got to depend on Paul George being a consistent number two over a course of the series. And he's struggling in the playoffs the last couple of years when, when, when that water got hot. I mean, last year he was okay, but before that, he's really struggled when it comes down to producing on, on the big stage. Other than that, though, I think the Clippers have a lot of advantages outside of the top two. Like, outside of the top two players, the Clippers roster is better. Like, I'll give you that. But I think playoffs comes down to stars, like your top two guys, and how they can carry you to victory. So, what you think I'm just, about that? I'm, 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 I just think that he's going to follow Kawhi, just like Pascal did. Just like Kawhi raised everybody's level of play. We've seen the Raptors fit, fall apart every year in the playoffs. Mm, that's a good point. Last year, we didn't see – last year, those dudes rose to the occasion. You know what I'm saying? Every every opportunity, every time he needed his teammates, you know, every everyone follows their leader. You're mm. gonna follow your best player. You mm. know, he's never gonna he's never gonna get too high. He's never gonna get too low. You know, he's not gonna he leads in his own way. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to lead like Kobe. He's not trying to lead like Jordan. You know, he he's he's gonna lead the way that he feels is best for him and to get the most out of everybody else on his team. And that's why you always seen dudes like last year, like Fred Van Vliet was just so confident. Mm-hmm. Pascal was so confident. You know what I'm saying? Like, he – he. there was times where Pascal never looked over his shoulder playing with Kawhi. Right. He never had to say, like, am I doing too much? Like, do I need to get him the ball? Like, he was comfortable just getting it off the board and pushing it, coming down, creating, you know, running run, – getting the ball in ISO situations. We're talking about close games, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so all that stuff, I think – like, even if you've seen the way they played last year when they were down 2-0 to the Bucks. Like, if your leader falls apart and snaps on the whole locker room and tears everybody a new one, then a lot of guys can't, aren't going to be able to handle that. Yeah, that's, that's a know? great point, man, because that was one of my uh, issues by people when Kyle Lowry finally produced in the playoffs. I gave a lot of that credit to Kawhi. I was like, when you look in the locker room and see that your best player's not going to crumble when he's feeling, like, aware and taking advantage of the moment, you know, that's going to filter down to the other players. So, I agree. I, that, was sure. one of the, that was one of the, the, sure. the primary – yeah, like, like the and PG and these PG and these guys are gonna follow him. Okay. They're gonna follow. They're gonna they're gonna follow him. Like this is this is what they brought him here for. For these guys, he's gonna close. He's gonna be the guy to close. Like he's closed before at this level, you know. And he, everybody else, you know, getting these guys to understand. Like he's gonna hold these guys accountable defensively. They know they're gonna have to defend. You're not gonna just be able to outscore teams in the playoffs. We know right. it's half court. We know we are, everyone. We always talk about it in the playoffs. It's half court basketball. You know, guys aren't giving up. Guys aren't giving up open transition layups and threes and dunks in the playoffs that you see in the regular season. You know that. Yeah, right. So my 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 question is: so the first two Clipper matchups, we saw uh, the game went a certain way. Kawhi was dominant. The third one, we saw um, the Lakers kind of exposed when when because the Clippers. I don't know why for some reason Doc opted to close with Lou Will instead of Bev uh, per usual. Um, Lakers really hunted Lou Will and took advantage of his defensive, like, 
you know, he's not a great defender at this age. He never really was, but he's older. He's not as quick. He's more of a, a crafty guy offensively, but he's still good. So what do you think about, you know, the Lakers taking advantage of mismatches like that when it comes down to it? Do you think Doc is going to close with a different lineup when it matters? I mean, he didn't really show his hand that game as a coach. You know, Doc's a championship coach. He knows what he's doing. Okay. He, 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 you know, he got some wrinkles <laughs> up his sleeve, just like just like um, Frank Vogel does. You know what I'm saying? Like, they for That's sure, there's still, there's still some things. That third matchup where everybody needs to talk, like, they, the Lakers won that game. They played better they, on that day. And if we're and we're being honest right now, we know who the key to that win was, and he's not here right now. Yeah, that's that. That was my that was my thing. I said, what what Avery Bradley did for the for the for the Lakers was, he made, you know, just that full court ball pressure. It takes the shot clock down instead of crossing the half court at you know twenty nineteen. You in there at seventeen sixteen, and you ask, all of a sudden you got to rush into your set, and it's not as fluid. That's what I think Avery Bradley's biggest like contribution to the Lakers was. And I don't think they have that on the roster right now. Like Caruso, it's just he's young and untested. I don't think he's the the, the pit bull that Avery is, like on the ball. So I Man, think like he, Avery, Avery, Avery took Pat out of that game right early here, in that here. game. Yeah. He picked him up early and his energy was like he was he was like, you know, like you gotta hit first. Avery hit first that day. And he kinda had Pat rattled. Right. Like he he turned the table on Pat, like, now nah, I'm gonna pick you up full court. You know, and he, he turned that same pressure that Pat pick up on that Pat applies to other dudes, and he applied that to him. And Pat wasn't ready for that that day. And then Avery didn't miss. He had one of his best offensive games that season. They he outplayed him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that. They, they, they outplayed him. The Clippers didn't have they didn't have no answers. They didn't get they didn't they didn't play good enough defense. You know, obviously they hunted out Lou Will for every switch in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. Attacked him over and over and over again, which NBA coaches are great at. Yeah, you know. They'll run the same play twenty straight times until you stop it. Yeah. You have to stop it multiple times. Yeah, so that was that was basically so my, everybody who asked me, you got you got fanatics on each side team. I'll be getting my there five five games, six games. I think that's a long, drawn out seven game series with each team throwing yeah. makers, making adjustments game to game, superstars coming through with big moments, role players having their little spurts here and there. So I think that's what it's that's what gonna come down to, you know. Oh, it's gonna game be it's it's gonna be I mean, the thing for the Lakers is getting the coup, getting Kyle Kuzma that they got on Christmas. You yeah, know, he was big. He was that, big. That getting that Kyle Kuzma that they got on Christmas, getting that throughout the whole series and just the whole playoffs moving forward, they're going to be tough to beat. If he can be if he can be consistent and confident and play well at both ends of the court like that, not always just about making shots, but bringing that energy. You know, like they're going to. I mean. That's that's it's gonna be a great series, man. You got great players on both sides of the floor, um, and you got you got obviously you got Doc and and Vogel show some chops this year as a coach too. Like yeah, everyone, there's a lot of question marks. There was a lot of question marks around to him. Like, is he is it is he gonna be able to cut, lead this team? And man, he hit all the right buttons all season. Right. Well, yeah, man, that's good. So we got to we got your Western Conference down. So what you got coming out the East? I know a lot of people after seeing the struggles that uh, Giannis went through uh, last year in the playoffs with teams building the wall and kind of making him beat him over the top, and he wasn't really able to consistently. So it became a, like a, you know, that's how you defend him. Uh, a lot of people aren't as sold on the Bucks, even though they had a great regular season. Do you think they're able to adjust and get to the finals this year, or who's going to come out the East? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I be feeling like I, I go back and forth between um, the Bucks. 
the Raptors and and the Celtics. Hmm. That's know? what gets yeah, because my, my dark horse actually was Philly. Before the season, I was like, it's gonna be Lakers and Philly in the finals. And Philly is weird because they were like they lost two games at home all season, but they were awful on the road. So but we're on a neutral site now. So I'm like, okay, how's that gonna work <laughs> as far as how yeah, they I play? forgot Philly. Yeah, Philly, so is I, Philly is talented, and this yeah. is a make or break year for Brett Brown. Yeah, that's what that's what everybody that's what all the reports are saying. So I don't know, man. My, you know, I got I hate to hate Celtics hate is in my blood as a Laker fan, but those when you got two wings like that who can just play both ends and switch all over the place, and you got your little Kimba who's a big moment player, and then Gordon or Gordon Hayward, you know, I don't know if he's going to come back in time, but you got guys who've been been in they've been there before in, in their Eastern Conference Final. You got a coach like Brad Stevens who knows what he's doing, clearly one of the top five coaches in the game. They're going to be a tough out to me, like the Celtics are. My only thing is they're not they're not the biggest team, so they can get kind of overwhelmed inside. But yeah. that, that one through four spot, man, they got a whole bunch of guys that do a lot of everything, which I think no, is really do. crucial in a playoff series. No, they do for sure. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see who's able to bring it and who's able to create their own energy. We yeah, all know a lot of players rely on the fans. and. You ain't going to have that energy. This is more – like, this setting is more about the, like, the hooper's hooper, you know? Yeah, yeah, right, like, right, right. Someone who don't play for the crowd, someone mm-hmm. who's just able to – every time they put, lace them up, they're going to bring it at a high level. So, it's going to be interesting because the momentum swings ain't going to be the same. Yeah, that's exactly. The crowd's not going to be able to, you know, drift momentum. But, yeah, man, that's yep. – so, it's going to be real interesting to see. So, like you said, no, no asterisk. It's a hooper's hooper. This is a hooper's hooper environment, right? Yep, nah, for sure. It's going to be fun. Like, everyone's just focused. Like, everyone's healthy, too. You always get guys going into the playoffs, nicks and bruises. Like, right now, everyone's healthy, you know? You're going to have to thing too. I, I, games. You, you mentioned this earlier. I said that the uh, – having that three months off, you know, we might be a little rusted first in the first eight games and those scrimmages. But once that calms down, I think, guys, when their legs are fresh, you're going to see some of the best ball we've seen in the minute as far as playoffs. Yes, goes. for sure. Cause you don't have the nicks and bruises, so right. Gonna be, yeah. All right, y'all, man. I just uh, you know, we're not gonna hold y'all too long. Clint, I want to appreciate you for coming on the show, man. This is just very big of you. Uh, I know you get a lot of flack. I know you was looking forward to this, getting your, you know, getting stuff off your chest. So I appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you having me on, Maples. Keep yeah, so doing what you do, bro. Yeah. So y'all give Clint Clint Parks a follow. Clint Parks 05 on Twitter. Uh, he's definitely going to keep the timeline spicy during the playoffs. <laughs> I can guarantee oh, for that. Sure, for sure, for sure, so, uh, for sure. All right, man. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, that's a wrap. We out of here. See you next week.